As we move into Daniel chapter 10, we are going to get an inside look at spiritual warfare and specifically the spirit world and how it works. And there are principalities and there are powers and there are battles going on behind the scenes. An intriguing look into spiritual warfare today on Walk in Truth. You're listening to the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Now, here's Pastor Michael. There's been periods of time when the church has been revived, and whenever we talk about revival, we're talking about the church, not the world, the church. And when the church wakes up and gets busy, good things happen. And I I do pray that we're on uh, the cusp of a revival in this country. Turn to the next book to your right. This is Zechariah 3, and it gives you this picture of this warfare that's going on with the leaders of the nation of Israel at this time when you have this backdrop. Zechariah 3, look at verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest, who would represent the nation here as the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, Zechariah 3, 1, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Zechariah 3, 2, Satan. Indeed, the Lord has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire or plucked from the captivity, if you will? Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy or befouled garments standing before the angel. This is strong language. Literally, it could be fouled with excrement. And he spoke and he said to those who were standing before him, saying, remove the filthy garments from him. And again, he said to him, see, I have taken your iniquity away from you and will clothe you with festal robes. Keep in mind, he's the high priest. And then I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments while the angel of the Lord, most would see Jesus here standing by. The turban, if you turn back to the book of Daniel, had this writing on it. It would say, holiness to the Lord. And the high priest uh, on the day of atonement and so forth would have to be acceptable, prepared himself to make atonement for the sins of the nation. You would imagine in this picture, the nation had a lot to ask God to forgive them for, amen? (laughs) 70 years of captivity, not honoring the Sabbath, all their idolatry, and of the people that returned from Babylon to Jerusalem, 500 miles, it was a very small segment of the nation. Most people had become comfortable in Babylon. So, 50,000 people returning to the homeland or the promised land was a very small percentage of those who could have gone. But those who could have gone didn't go. Able-bodied people did not return. They did not take up the the, uh, task of rebuilding the house of the Lord because they had become comfortable in Babylon. I'll let you chew on that one, but I think you can see the application there. In those days, Daniel says, verse two, Daniel 10, two, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. 21 days, Daniel was mourning. Over what? Well, I think over the condition of the nation of Israel, the fact that so few people had returned, and I think also because Daniel was longing that the work would be done, but he was sensing the spiritual warfare and the overall lethargy of his own people. So we've, get, we've gotten the backdrop there in uh, 
the book of Ezra and so forth. Daniel says, during this time of mourning, I did not eat, verse three, any tasty food. I ate no choice food, NIV, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all or anoint myself until the entire three weeks were completed. Daniel went on a 21-day fast. It would seem that the fast maybe went back to what he did in chapter one. And just a side note, Daniel's diet in chapter one of vegetables and water was not his permanent diet. And some of you are saying, praise the Lord. Because if this dude ate vegetables and drank water his whole life, dare to be a Daniel, you can forget about that. (laughs) He didn't. Verse three implies that his diet would include meat and wine, which was very common to a a Jewish uh, menu. But during this fast time, he did not. He ate bland food. I don't know exactly everything included there, but you know, bland food is, uh, is bland. <laughs> have you ever gone on one of those diets where um, you've decided to eat oatmeal and you decided you're only gonna sweeten it with natural ingredients? Anybody ever tried that before? If you throw a banana in there, it may help. But I have to tell you, the prepackaged oatmeal that's maple spice or cinnamon apple, oh baby. When you've had that and then you try to go with the plain oatmeal with maybe a banana in it, it ain't happening. I would be mourning for 21 days if I had to (laughs) eat that food. Now, Daniel is fasting because he's burdened. I touched on this in an earlier chapter, but I just would say, if you are burdened over something happening, a decision, There's no specific model to how you should do this, but you could restrict your diet, you could skip a meal and use that time to pray instead of eating. You could take that money that you might have spent on lunch and give it to the work of the Lord. There's a number of ways that you could fast before the Lord. Just make sure when you fast, it's ultimately for spiritual and not physical reasons. I'm fasting so I can lose 20 pounds. And I hope I get some spiritual bennies from it too. No, no, no. Let the spiritual drive your fast, okay? It, it's not what goes into a man that defiles a man. It's what comes out of a man or woman that defiles them. So whether I'm no, not the worse or the better if I eat or don't eat, if I, if I partake of certain things, of course, within biblical limits, or don't partake. I'm neither the worse or the better in terms of my standing before God. What God cares about is right here. He cares about that my heart drives. If I fast, it should be driven by a spiritual um, sense in my heart from the Lord, amen? That's what should drive a fast. The details of it, you can do it between you and the Lord. But I I would get wisdom and counsel if you are considering a fast and you haven't done it before, or if you have blood sugar issues or whatever, talk to somebody, feel free to talk to one of the pastors and we would be happy to talk to you. Now on the 24th day of the first month, that's the first month of the religious calendar of Israel, the month of Nisan, which I believe is the month of Abib in Exodus, which is the first religious month wherein 
the Passover is celebrated, okay? So the first month, you could write down as the month of Nisan, that's the Babylonian name for it, I think it's Abib in Hebrew. While I was by the bank of the great river that is the Tigris. You have the Tigris and Euphrates, here's the Tigris, and it's the 24th day of the month. Now if you recall, the Passover in the month of Nisan or Abib starts on the 10th, and uh, I'm, tr- I'm doing this from memory now, but I, I think it's uh, moving from the 10th on there, and the major uh, Passover, I think, uh, would end on the 14th day, so you guys can check me on that. So we have 10 days from the time of the Passover. Now, what was the time of the Passover celebrating for Israel? The time when they were released from what? Egyptian bondage. And God said, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna do the unleavened bread thing and you're gonna sacrifice the lamb at twilight and you're gonna go out. And the Passover became a regular celebration of the Jewish people. Isn't it interesting that all of this is happening in the month of the Passover? Jesus died on the weekend of the Passover. This is all interconnected. And so if you want more on this, you can read Leviticus 23, verses one through 14, where in the month of Nisan, the Jews celebrate the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of first fruits. The Feast of Passover the week before, what do you do? You sweep out the leaven out of your house was a picture of sin. You clean out the house, you do the spring cleaning. You get out all the leaven because a little leaven leavens what? The whole lump of dough. You can look at 1 Corinthians 5, verses six through eight. We could say it this way, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. So during the Passover, the Jews sweep out the house. They cleanse it to prepare themselves for the celebration of God's deliverance from Egyptian bondage. So it is interesting that this is what's happening. Now Daniel lifts up his eyes and suddenly, verse five, he says, I looked and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of pure uh, gold of Euphaz. His body also was like beryl, his face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and feet like the gleam of polished brown, bronze. And the sound of his words was like the sound of a tumult or the sound of a stadium. That's the idea. A great multitude. So Daniel says, okay, I was fasting, I was praying, here's the day of the month it was, and all of a sudden I looked And here's the vision that I saw, and the vision was of this shining, described as a man here, dressed in linen, which would speak of uh, perhaps the garments of the high priest, the waist girded with a belt of pure gold of Euphaz, body uh, like beryl, face like lightning, eyes flaming torches, arms and feet like, 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 see that? It's a like it, simile. The gleam of polished bronze, I'm trying to explain to you, says Daniel, what it looked like, the sound of his words, like the sound of a great multitude. Man, I looked, you know, three days after the end of my fast, and wow, what I beheld was this incredible being, shining in glory. Now this description fits well 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first... Is it proper for Christians to celebrate Christmas? The Christmas season can appear to be a conflict of messages, images, and sentiments. The Origins of Christmas DVD will address frequently asked questions such as, do we know Jesus' actual birth date? Did the early church celebrate the birthday of Jesus? Did Christians really steal Christmas from a pagan holiday? The Origins of Christmas DVD wraps up with a practical answer to one final question. Is it proper for Christians today to celebrate Christmas? And if so, how? Get your copy of the Origins of Christmas DVD today when you visit walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. The waist girded with a belt of pure gold of Euphaz, body uh, like barrel, face like lightning, eyes flaming torches, arms and feet like, 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 see that? It's a like it, simile. The gleam of polished bronze. I'm trying to explain to you, says Daniel, what it looked like, the sound of his words, like the sound of a great multitude. Man, I looked, you know, three days after the end of my fast, and wow, what I beheld was this incredible being shining in glory. Now this description fits well with another description which is in Revelation 1. So Revelation 1 should be easy to find. It's all the way at the back of your Bible just before your concordance. Okay, Revelation 1. Look at verse 12. Here's what John says, Revelation 1, 12. I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, Revelation 1.13. In the middle of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, girded across his breast, was a golden girdle, 14. His head and his hair were white like uh, white wool, like snow. His eyes were like what? A flame of fire. His feet, verse 15, Revelation 1, were like burnished bronze and when it, when it has been caused to glow in a furnace, his voice was like the voice or the sound of many waters. And in his right hand he held seven stars. Out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, says John, I felt, fell at his feet as a dead man, and he laid his right hand upon me and said, don't be afraid, I am the first, and I am the last. The living one, I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Now, back to Daniel, and we'll finish for tonight. There's a little debate about who this one is because it seems like it could be an angel at some points, but the description fits well with other descriptions of the glory of God, and specifically the description of Jesus, and there's no doubt it's Jesus in Revelation chapter one. So what did Daniel see at the beginning of this three unit uh, prophecy to kick off the whole thing? The vision he saw was a vision of Jesus Christ because he is the answer to all that ails us. The problems for Israel, world conflict, 
People in darkness, spiritual warfare, the need for forgiveness, the need for redemption is all wrapped up in one person. His name is Jesus. He's the one that's coming again. He's the one who came the first time to rescue us from sin and death. He's coming again a second time to judge the living and the dead. Jesus is the answer to the dilemma of Daniel. What's gonna happen to my people? Where is the future going? Will they survive? Will they rebuild the temple? Will my eyes ever get to see this or hear about it? Will I hear in heaven one day that they made good, that they did well, that Ezra and Nehemiah stood tall and stood through the tests? This is all that was on Daniel's heart and mind. And he found his answers in the face of one who shines like the sun. In fact, his face shines brighter than the noonday sun because he made the sun. Do you believe that? He made the world, the sun, the moon, the stars. They're all the work of his hands. From nothing comes nothing. The universe had a beginning. The science backs it up. If there was nothing, then there would be nothing because from nothing comes nothing. And since science has proved that the universe had a beginning through what's called in science the Big Bang, then that means there has to have been something that caused the universe. What can nothing cause? Nothing. Because nothing isn't even a thing. It's just nothing. And so from nothing, Nothing can come because nothing is no thing. Everybody with me? Is that? I think so, Pastor Mike. So if the universe had a beginning, there had to be something before the something. Because if there was nothing, there would be nothing. Man, that's a good, solid scientific argument, isn't it? There's a God. The only reason the universe is here with six million forms of plants and animals and your eye and your brain and your circulatory system and reproduction, self-healing of the body is because God in the beginning made the heavens and the earth. And you know who the creator is? His name is Jesus. All things were made through him and by him and apart from him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And that life is the light of men. It's the story of the world. Daniel, I know you're worried. Daniel, I know you've been praying and fasting. Here's your answer. His name is Jesus. There's a lot coming. There's a lot more to be told. Daniel in verse seven, back to the text and we'll finish for tonight. He says, I alone saw the vision while the men who were with me, Daniel 1, 7, or I'm sorry, 10, 7, Daniel 10, 7. Now I, Daniel, alone saw the vision and while the men who were with me did not see the vision, nevertheless, great dread fell on them and they ran away to hide themselves. <laughs> well, they didn't even see the vision. What did they see? I don't know, but whatever happened, great dread fell upon them. You know how you have people who kind of casually say, yeah, I, I. I, I, I had a meeting with the Lord the other day and you know, it was kind of like they were s sitting at Starbucks having, knocking a coffee back with their buddy. No, 
If you have an encounter with the living Lord who spoke the universe into existence, our God is mighty and awesome and powerful. And though he loves us, he is holy. He dwells in inapproachable light. He's powerful. Daniel says, man, I had great dread. I didn't say, hey, you wanna go get a Starbucks? I said, man, this is scary. And the guys that didn't even see it ran away. They had great dread. They sensed, like the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, who said, the men who journeyed with me stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. When you're in the presence of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? He is holy, and yet he loves you so much, he became one of us to die on that cross for us. Amazing love, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. When people meet the Lord like Isaiah, when he says, I saw the Lord, he says, man, I was ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the Lord, the King. Do you know in John 12, Isaiah says, or John says, Isaiah saw Jesus and his glory. Jesus is God. And when Daniel is wondering about his answers, the first thing he needs to see is the Messiah, Jesus, because he's gonna be the answer to all of this. Yes, details are coming. Yes, nations that will rise and fall. Yes, uh, 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 and end seven years with tribulation and difficulty, yes, but the answer is Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much that we can tackle a little of Daniel 10. Uh, I think it's important that we understand what was going on in the nation uh, the battle to rebuild the temple, the battle for the homeland, the battle for people to return to the things of God, to truly be at a place where they could be restored in every sense of that word. And Lord, we know we're in a battle too, but we know the battle belongs to you. And we know that you will fight for us. And so we just pray that whatever battles we may be facing tonight, we just get a fresh vision of who you are. I think maybe that's one of the main things tonight is that when we're struggling, carrying burdens, uh, stressing, wondering, we need a fresh vision of Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord, our Redeemer, our Maker, our Savior, and our incredible King, King of kings and Lord of lords. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would bless each precious person that's come out tonight you know every heart, you know what they need in their lives. May we all get a fresh vision of the powerful Messiah, our Savior, our Lord, our, our King and our friend. May we walk with him in our lives, Lord. May we remember words that often he shared with his own, don't be afraid, it's me. Don't be afraid, I'll, I'll give you the strength that you need. If you haven't met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you feel like you've been far away, would you just keep your head and heart bowed and just say, Lord, I, I wanna know you. I've had my doubts, I've had my struggles, but I wanna flee that kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of light. So I trust you tonight. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my King. I wanna follow you. I believe in your death on the cross. I believe in your resurrection from the dead. 
and I just want to know you better. If you prayed that, he'll meet you tonight where you are. If you rededicated your life in these moments, he'll meet you where you are. If you're a saint and maybe you've just been struggling with the things that come at us all, fears and doubts and self-doubt, struggles with your own walk sometimes, your own abilities, your own gifting, just rest in him tonight. He is more than sufficient to provide everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. So Lord, bless your people. May your living waters flow out tonight, encouraging, blessing. If people find themselves in battles, let them know that you will give them everything they need to be successful. All they have to do is put on what you provide. We love you and we worship you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Is it proper for Christians to celebrate Christmas? The Christmas season can appear to be a conflict of messages, images, and sentiments. The Origins of Christmas DVD will address frequently asked questions such as, do we know Jesus' actual birth date? Did the early church celebrate the birthday of Jesus? Did Christians really steal Christmas from a pagan holiday? The Origins of Christmas DVD wraps up with a practical answer to one final question. Is it proper for Christians today to celebrate Christmas? And if so, how? Get your copy of the Origins of Christmas DVD today when you visit walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.